0: Hello! Welcome to Studio Stories on Amherst Island Radio. I'm your host, Lynn Wyminga, and on this program I take you on a Canadian art tour, starting here on Amherst Island and going beyond. Every episode we visit a different studio and talk to artists and artisans about their work, their beginnings, and more. We'll update cjai.ca slash studio stories with images of or links to our guests' work and sites. So be sure to take a look. Lynn Wemming on Amherst Island Radio with Studio Stories, and I am in Toronto visiting Karen Franzen at her studio under the trees on the east side of Toronto, uh, near my old neighborhood actually. Karen, how are you today? Great, thanks. Excellent. Glad you're here. Yeah, it's good to be here.
1: First things first, tell us what you do. I'm a ceramic artist slash mudslinger. I consider myself a community builder, very involved with lots of goings-ons in the neighborhood yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh do you have a focus on your ceramics or or you kind of do everything
1: i do tableware i do tile commission work um some sculptural work mostly i work on the wheel i do a little bit of hand building and i work primarily in earthenware that allows me to achieve uh, a painterly effect in my work, and I really like to use a lot of bright colors.
0: Yeah. I uh, I first was introduced to Karen's work. I think Karen does a Christmas open studio every year, mm-hmm. and so my neighbor and I walked up and and came, and and I got one of your awesome um, sunflower mugs. Right. And yeah, I use that faithfully, every day for my coffee for years until Yay. my husband broke it. Uh-oh, so we can sad. do something about that. That's right, that's <laughs> right. So um, how did you get started with ceramics?
1: I was working in the book trade at the children's bookstore. I started off there as a part-timer and ended up working for many years. And I decided to take a pottery lesson with Deborah Wilson, who lived in the Bain Co-op. And I saw her work at a street festival that occurs every September, and she had this beautiful blue glaze, and I asked her if she was teaching classes, and uh, she was just starting a, a small group, so we worked out of her basement studio. And so initially I did class once a week, and then got really interested, and she gave me a key, so I got to work whenever I wanted to. And it was wonderful. Nice. And was she in the Bain yeah. co-op? Yeah. Yeah. We were both living there at the time. Cool. Yeah.
0: Nice, nice community. It really is. Friends yeah. Lived there in the past. So can you, because this is a radio program, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about, um, so the thing that attracted to me, me to your work was the bright colors, but also the illustrations. Mm-hmm. So uh, a little bit about your illustrations on you. Yeah
1: well that ties into working at the children's bookstore because I became really interested in some like uh, artists like uh, Brian Wildsmith and Quentin Blake and uh, a host of other illustrators so that really inspired me and I also from there I went on to the Ontario College of Art after the Bain and I was in the but then they had a general studies program, which was amazing. So I got to try um, not only I started with some ceramic, but uh, I also did printmaking, and then became really interested in textile design. So my work really does reflect uh, my textile work, yeah, I think. Absolutely. And uh, the use of color, and the humor in my work, and I come from a long line of storytellers, so I like the narrative aspect in some of my work too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's funny because you said Quentin Blake and I'm like, yes, I see <laughs> those the strokes and the, you know, I see the inspiration. Those lines and yeah, humor. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been doing this? Well, I graduated
1: in 1989 from OCA before it was it was okay. OCA before yep. OCAD. And then from there, I did a four-year residency at the Harborfront Craft Studios. And from there, we did four of us from Harborfront started a cooperative studio on Carlaw. And it was called Beyond the Front because it was after Harbourfront. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I came to this studio where I have now been for 20 years. Right. So... And over 30 years.
0: And the like when you went and did the 4 months down at Harborfront mm-hmm. were you the ju- 4 years, sorry, sorry 4 yeah. years yeah. Uh, down at Harborfront were you were you just focusing on ceramics then or were you s- doing Well, it's hard n- as well, it's
1: or? yeah, the um Harborfront has a number of studios as I don't know if your listeners have been to Harborfront, but there's sort of a catwalk and so there's uh, jewelry, glass blowing, textiles, and ceramics. So you can't help but be inspired. So, although I didn't really do textile work or anything like that, I was definitely bombarded with all the wonderful. They have guest speakers who come, so we were privy to that. We got to partake in some of the performances down at Harborfront. So you really had to knuckle down and work. You had to put your blinkers on because you were just bombarded with so much rich stuff. Yeah. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. So blue is a big part of your palette. Yeah. Talk about your palette. Well, let's see. Uh,
1: this piece that's behind me is a large tile work that is mostly blue and yellow, and it's a bowl full of lemons inspired by the Barnes exhibit. So it was a Cezanne piece that I was asked to interpret because when I was at Harborfront I was approached by the buyer at the AGO. She was actually looking for a glassblower who wasn't there and said, oh, who are you? And I said, well, you know, I'm Karen and I'm in the ceramic studio. And she said, well, let me see your work. So I ended up... uh, providing wholesale work for them for many years. and I was asked when the Barnes exhibit was on, would I interpret the pieces in this painting, uh, which was a Cezanne still life piece and mm-hmm. it had a picture and then this giant footed fruit bowl and the colors were inspired by that experience. So often someone will ask me to create a piece for them and that will, Um, uh, spark a new color palette. Sometimes it's seasonal. I mean, I live on the ravine, so I'm very much inspired by what's outside. Yeah. And having a young son and all of those things filter back.
0: Yeah. And I think actually that's why I was attracted to your work at first was the, the, the yellow and the blue very... Provencal mm-hmm. colors and that's actually where we got engaged yeah so the colors that's of our right. wedding were yellow and yeah blue and so yeah it was like
1: oh it's perfect well it's funny because often when I do a kitchen for someone they say oh my colors are blue and yellow <laughs> it's like universal yeah you know I'm inspired by warm Mediterranean places yeah. and they all have similar palettes right right yeah the sea, the sky, the sun,
0: right, yeah, speaking of uh sort of uh tropical places, I know that you were just down in Mexico, oh my God, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so any any uh inspiration that you brought home from there or any anything that you saw that you went? I really need to try that out or uh,
1: I didn't really get to see too much ceramic work, although I did buy some wonderful little birds yeah. that are beautifully painted some of them are ceramic and some wood and I you know I'm doing this workshop series now which is kind of taking away from what I really want to do is get to work in the studio and be inspired by (laughs) my trip but uh, as an artist I get I'm sure you can understand that there's you know, the dancing that happens before the making. Yeah. So I'm at that stage now where I really want to get into the studio. And uh, I actually purchased uh, a couple of weeks ago a beautiful set of 50s glass bowls, you know, the ones that are all the colors. Yes. So that is going to be my new palette.
0: Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So because your, your uh, ceramic ware is full of illustrations, like, do you keep a sketchbook? Oh, yeah. Are uh, constantly sketching? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have uh, a couple of notebooks that I work from. I have, you know, my little moleskin that I carry everywhere. Everywhere. And I have some bigger pads around. So Um, I've been journaling since I was about nine. Right. Yeah. So I have a whole library. And I do, once in a while I go back and look through the illustrations, like on the blackboard behind you are some photocopies from from one of my journals that i really like so that you know your past does it's cyclical i think yeah some of the designs neat
0: okay The the program is called studio stories and Mm -hmm. we're sitting in your studio Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about your studio and how it came about
1: yeah well we bought this house uh 20 years ago and at the time my husband's mom lived in Ottawa, and she was living in a condo so she we needed a place that had a granny flat, enough room to to park a car, um, good schools, and so on and I had been at um, down on Carla and so was looking for studio space in the house, so it took about a year to find mm-hmm. and this place has uh, ravine access and I, I love it. I have one area for doing wheel work. so I have three potter's wheels and a big sink because it used to be a kitchen down here. Oh, it was yeah. another apartment. And then I have a big four-by-eight table that I work from that came from the, the film industry. And my kiln is in the back furnace room. So it's a very nice workable space right. and allows for several people to be working at once.
0: That's great. And you offer classes mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: Uh, at least once a week, I do a class in my studio in the evenings, and uh, sometimes on weekends. But you know, I covet my own studio time too. So there's a real balancing act. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite questions is: Is is there a tool that you just couldn't live without? Yeah. Like, like yeah. what's <laughs> what's your favorite tool?
1: I. Often, when I go to a conference, I'll pick up one item. And I have a beautiful little knife that has a fine blade and it has a cherry handle. And it's super lightweight, but it fits perfectly into my hand. Mm -hmm. And the other, if I can say, two tools. Absolutely. Okay. So I have um, a tool that I made while I was at OCA. It's made of bamboo. And so my ceramics teacher, Joan Bobs, had us all trooped down to the wood shop. So we split a long piece of bamboo in half and then cut it into six inch lengths and then um, pointed the ends. So it's what I use for trimming on the wheel when the clay is still wet. And you've been using it
0: for 20 years.
1: Yeah, Uh, so I have, I still have a few of them left. Yeah. And I just sharpen them and they just get better with age, right? That's great. Yeah.
0: That's great. And even better that you made it yourself, right? Yeah. That's fantastic. And, well, that's an interesting exercise, too, mm-hmm. as a as a student. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I, one thing that I do show my students is, yes, here's a cutting wire that I bought at Tucker's. And then here's four that are done in different ways, right? All you need is a piece of fishing line and two, um, you know, two Handles. things for the end. Yeah. yeah. Beats or whatever
0: Yeah. yeah that's cool if you're just joining us this is studio stories on amherst island radio i'm your host lynn wyminga and this episode we're speaking with ceramic artist mudslinger and community builder karen franzen in her beach hill home studio in toronto ontario so what what's the most challenging part of your work i guess i'm a multitasker and the benefits
1: of the studio are also its curse because I have in the back room an office slash storage area. Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband likes it to be sparse upstairs, so everything yeah. migrates to that room. Yeah. But I have laundry here, and then, yeah, so I try to do, I, I try to only do two things at once. Right, but you can have a lot on the go in yes, this space. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then the other side of the question is, what's your favorite part of the whole process?
1: I guess as a potter, when you see results in what you do, it drives certain artists crazy when they, like I shared a studio with Lisa Rideout, who's a jeweler, um, when we were at Beyond the Front, and she would laugh at us because we were two potters in the studio and she'd say, you know what you guys do is so mysterious because you you cover up your work and you talk to it and then you... You lift off the plastic and you talk to it again and then it takes so many days to make, right? You start with the lump of clay, you end with a finished product. There's mm-hmm. two firings in between. Yeah. There's drying time, decorating time, time for interruption. So when so now when someone says, you know, how long does it take to make a mug? My answer is thirty five years, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because it's all the all the practice and the yeah. turmoils and and praying to the kiln gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, when you when you've got the the, well, I like for other potters, for instance, you know, one of them was like opening the kiln. That is, you yeah, know, you know, and if it's successful and something hasn't broken, but
1: well, I have yeah. a, a kiln story that of a every potter has one disaster story. I right. think right. So I was preparing a whole body of work for the Art Gallery of Ontario for a wholesale order. And my husband's friend was having a a champagne-tasting party. And so I went to this, I turned my kiln on, and I went to this party, and my spidey sense said, go back to your studio. And I didn't listen to my, my instincts. So, when we did finally go to the studio just to check before I opened the door, I knew right away, and uh, the kiln had overfired, and when earthenware clay gets too hot, it turns into a glaze. oh, so my teapots had when I opened it the next day had flattened completely
0: <laughs> right and covered <laughs> and, your
1: and in many cases, the clay was stuck to the kiln shelves yeah. and Anyway, it, and all my eggs were in one basket. So I learned multiple lessons that right. that day. You know,
0: listen, to your <laughs> spidey sense, <laughs> don't and, put all your eggs in one basket, yeah, and yeah. don't leave the studio when you're doing a firing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. But, oh, so uh, yeah, that, that stays with me. Heartbreaking, yeah. and I didn't know that about earthenware. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, well, any
1: clay if it gets hot enough it's will turn gonna, into a clay. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. What do you wish you'd known when you started? Oh my goodness! You don't have to answer. <laughs> it's just—it's just a fun thing to think about. It's like, well, what, know, what all about those you? Lessons, those lessons learned—I think for me it would have been, you know, pricing. Mm. Pricing my work higher. Yeah, yeah. Have just been trying to creep up to an actual.
1: Yeah, pricing is a huge price. issue.
0: Yeah, huge issue for sure. Also for me because I have a repetitive strain injury now, to just take take it it slow, listen to your body, and do exercises.
1: Look after yourself for sure, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, because that's what turns it from, I think, from a the difference between a job and a livelihood.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit sad my whole shoulder (laughs) wrist thing, but. I have knitters and that's cool like they're great and but it's uh yeah
1: I sprained my wrist this summer and I was out of commission for 4 months and that is very difficult yeah yeah, yeah so it takes a long time to heal
0: yeah I have another friend who, who injured herself a potter friend and she when when she was injured she was off for a, a year I don't think she could throw for a year yeah and so she started making Jewelry at that point, yeah. you know, a little and sometimes little pieces that stuff.
1: is the spark of change that you need, right? And
0: sometimes yeah. it's just really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you have a studio in your home, and I know it's uh, if you want to come and see the studio, it's by appointment. But mm-hmm. maybe you can um, tell people where they can find you sure. online. Yeah.
1: Well, my um, website is KarenFrandsen.com. I'm your brand
0: uh, new website. Yeah.
1: <laughs> which only took a year to
0: prepare, but
1: there you go. Uh, good things take time. That's right. And so I'm located on the 506 streetcar line. Uh, just uh, it, It's now called Beach Hill. Our neighborhood is okay, Beach Hill. Right. So it's two blocks east of Coxwell and Upper Girard. And, yes, I welcome visitors. Just call ahead. Yeah. Make sure I'm out of my pajamas. <laughs> That's
0: right. Okay, now I have other questions. Okay. First of all, I'm here to do a workshop. So Mm -hmm. tell tell people about the Studio Under the Trees, what you're doing.
1: Well, initially it was um, a chance to get together with other maker friends. And my husband always says, well, how is this going to bring income in? You know, (laughs) and I really don't want to be teaching pottery full time. I like it um, as a part time teaching. Yeah. So this is a wonderful opportunity for me to connect with other artists, to have people come and see the studio, and for me to learn new things too. Yeah. So uh, this venture just started actually just a couple of weeks ago. So I have um, a, a jeweler lined up, a photographer, um, a woman who makes uh, little critters out of socks who so are doing some things for March break. That's fun. so yeah and That's more great. people have stepped out and we're probably going to do an acoustic, encaustic caustic workshop too oh, so cool. i'm very excited yeah and for me it's kind of like being back in art school because yeah. i'm learning a ton and engaging with with people and hopefully bringing an income into the hands of my artist friends too right so it's a win-win thing yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely um and yeah it's it's a great location it's nice and well I think it's central. But yeah. I'm, you know, I yeah. lived in this hood. So, um, but it's nice for my Toronto crowd to be able to yeah. come to a Easily
1: accessible yeah. by subway, it's, it's Coxwell yeah. Station or the 506 streetcar. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's my next question. Oh. Tell us about your 506 streetcar project. Okay. So,
1: um, I have always
0: loved trains.
1: There's, there's a whole history of trains in my family, going back to Germany when my dad used to hop trains as a young boy, um, and I live just like you can hear the streetcar from from anywhere in the house pretty mm-hmm. much, um, and I travel by streetcar, and a lot of activities and my history has been along that line, uh, art school. Um, Shopping all all kinds of things so, and I also like the idea of um, there seems to be a bit of a divide between the east, east and the west, mm-hmm. yes, end of the city, so I have this notion that it would be really fun to bring the East and the West together via the five o six because you intersect so many communities, different ethnic neighborhoods, wonderful libraries, parks cafes, galleries, studios. And so I want to create a beautiful, large-scale map that will place all of these fun locations, such as Allen Gardens, Mm -hmm. um, and do um, some tours. And I've done some sort of um, smaller tours where just a bunch of us have gotten on a streetcar and gone to, say, the Olga Corporate Gallery and then have gone for a gelato in the West End, and then we ended up at uh, coming back at Maine and Gerard at that wonderful smokehouse. Oh yeah, if you're yeah. a meat eater. <laughs> yeah. um, so things like that. And a few years ago, I had a, hosted a festival in Little India that was uh, it was culinary arts included history. And so it was sort of a small scale of what's to come. And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be meeting with my counselor and going after some funding and then um, putting on something along the 506. So that's very excited.
0: You inspired me when I lived here in Toronto to uh, take the kids on a 506 library tour. Great. And we we went to each of the libraries.
1: There's so many themes that you can play with. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It was great. Excellent.
0: That's excellent. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Karen. My pleasure. uh, And I look forward to our workshop. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Thanks for joining us for episode 16 of Studio Stories with Karen Franzen in Toronto. Be sure to check out some photos of Karen's work, including Lemon's tile work she mentioned, plus links and contact info at cjai.ca/slash studio stories. Thanks for listening.